Welcome. This is Barry Baines from Baines Law, a legal miscellany where we regularly podcast about cases and legal issues, as well as talking to professionals and others who have experience of our legal system. A parliamentary committee has added its weight to the growing concerns expressed by members of the legal profession about the state of criminal justice in this country. In an excoriating denunciation of the government's record, it concluded that there are unacceptable delays to justice for victims, witnesses and defendants, which are unlikely to be addressed by the Justice Department's meagre ambition to reduce the Crown Court backlog by less than 8,000 cases by March 2025. The number of Crown Court cases waiting to be resolved has nearly doubled since March 2019 from a low of 33,290 to 59,928 cases by September 2021. Since March 2020 alone, the number of cases waiting longer than a year has increased by more than 340%. The department's plan to reduce the backlog by less than 7,000 to 53,000 by March 2025 left the committee unconvinced of the department's intentions to reduce waiting times in the Crown Court given the slow pace of recovery. In January of this year, the government announced that magistrates will be able to hand out longer prison sentences, which it expects will reduce the number of cases that magistrates need to send to the Crown Court for sentencing. Listen to my discussion with Chris Dork, you see, recently on this very topic. The government's indicated it's going to implement provisions of the Criminal Justice Act 2003 to permit magistrates uh, to impose sentences of up to 12 months. So I take it your reaction to that proposal wouldn't be favourable either in the circumstances. No, and, and the purported reason for that is that, it, that somehow it's believed that that's going to reduce the backlog in the Crown Court. And I just don't understand the logic of that at all, because if magistrates are given uh, greater sentencing powers, then that increases the incentive amongst those who wish to stand trial to elect Crown Court trial, if it's an either way offence, as it would be uh, in this case. So so, first, so it kind of incentivizes people to take the case to the Crown Court. But also, you know, the more sentences of imprisonment particularly getting towards that 12-month point that magistrates impose, the more appeals against sentence and indeed possibly conviction that there will be from the magistrates court to the Crown Court, where, where the sentence is, is, heard, is, is heard and reviewed on appeal. So that will increase the workload of the Crown Court because inevitably, you know, the more long sentences in magistrates terms that there are, the more appeals there'll be. So I just don't understand where the logic of this comes from, that supposedly it's going to save something like, you know, on each thousands of different days of or thousands of days of crown court time a year i just don't see any scientific basis for that in my view at best it will be neutral in terms of the impact on the crown court and at worst it will increase the crown court's backlog and increase the workload of the crown court so i just i just think it's an it's it's just not the answer i mean i gave you some of the answers earlier you can't get away from the fact that we don't have enough courtrooms sitting to deal with these cases and tinkering around with who's going to pass sentence and how much magistrates can pass in terms of sentence isn't going to make any difference to that so it's just a bad yes, idea exactly. And the appeals against conviction, of course, in the Crown Court take place by way of rehearing. 
Exactly. So, you know, you, you, you have a trial that may have taken a day or a day and a half or sometimes even longer in the magistrate's court. And that will have to be reheard in its entirety with all the witnesses in the Crown Court. Or, as I say, you'll have people who say, well, you know, if I could get if I could get 12 months, even if I have a trial here, then I may as well elect to go to the Crown Court, where at least I've probably got a better chance of being found not guilty, which statistically is, is is the case. So you just might end up with this perverse incentive for people to take cases to the Crown Court that might have stayed in the magistrate's court. So it's, it's, it's um, I just think, you know, the other thing is, of course, that not just appeals, but, you know, are we going to get more committals for sentence from the from the magistrates court? And, you know, I, I just feel like it's a badly thought out policy. There's no evidence that it will work. And it's just an announcement being made you know, to curry favour with the with the magistrates, because the magistrates association have said they're in favour of this. I'm not entirely clear why they are, uh, but but they are. Um, but but mainly it's just a gimmick that, 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 that is, you know, it's an announcement for the sake of an announcement. Of particular concern are the victims of rape and serious sexual offences who face completely unacceptable delays to justice that the committee says compounds and extends their suffering and leads to too many cases collapsing. The number of these cases waiting longer than a year has increased by more than 400% since the onset of the pandemic. As waiting times increase, so does the risk that the victim withdraws from the process and the case collapses. The scale of victim attrition in various stages of the criminal justice system is unacceptably high. Recently, His Honour Nigel Lithman QC spoke to me about this very problem when discussing his new book, Nothing Like the Truth. But even before the pandemic, court centres were being closed and the backlog of cases was accruing. I mean, you've said now 60,000 or so. Situation now is far worse and the pandemic is being blamed. In your view, is that another example of nothing like the truth? I'm, I'm, I'm afraid it is. It is nothing like the truth because what it does is a as a matter of convenience is to try and shift the blame in a, in a political way from the realities of what's happened and to really whitewash the fact that what took place for more than a year before the pandemic was wholly unacceptable and unaccountable, which was the cutting of four court sitting days for all criminal courts. But the members of the public aren't entirely stupid. What they would expect is a court building, if it's got six courts to sit with six courts, on five days a week with six judges, one per court. If, if a particular court is gonna sit for 20 days as the public expects, and then suddenly they're told you can only sit for 15, what is going on? It's just ridiculous. I'm, as will become quite clear from, from the book, I'm the first person to applaud any system that gives me uh, holidays for doing nothing, absolutely, but, of course, there is a right to be an outcry as to why that why that's happening. And so it's bad luck that they would say that the uh, government then finds itself with a pandemic that shows that their foolish, their foolish policy of 2018-19 is exacerbated by what happened in 2020-21. We've already touched on 
why this backlog is uh, accruing and growing, it's because you haven't got the criminal advocates, solicitors or, or barristers to man the courts. And so how do you see this backlog of 60,000 being tackled, if at all? Do you, do, you, do you think prosecutions will be dropped in many cases? Well, what's happening is unacceptable in the sense that when I was sitting in court, I would be adjourning cases in 2020 through till 2022. Now, if you tell a defendant you are entitled to bail, which he or she is, and granted bail, which happens, and you say, oh, and by the way, you have got to do two things. One, stay out of trouble for the next two years. And two, you must turn up for your trial in two years' time. What are the chances of that being uh, complied with? I'd have thought, as it turns out, to be pretty minimal. So that's an unacceptable system, and you've got to do what you can to make it better. And there are ways you can make it better. One is through remote hearings, and two is through remuneration. My exchanges with leading criminal barrister William Clegg QC, who also sits as a Crown Court recorder, were along the same lines. The criminal justice system is in crisis, and this backlog is undoubtedly uh, resulting in people waiting far too long for sentence and for trial, and that is to the huge disadvantage of both uh, victims and those accused of crime. When sitting recently in the Crown Court as a recorder, I've had to sentence people who pleaded guilty over a year ago to offences in the magistrate's court and were sent up for sentence. But because of the pandemic, that has been delayed. And the old phrase, justice delayed is justice denied, very much applies in those cases. It's very difficult to punish somebody for something that they did 18 months ago and admitted 18 months ago and have then uh, had it hanging over their heads for all that time when they've had to get on with their life. Then some trials are taking up to two years to take place, aren't they? Oh, and, and more, and more. I'm doing one that is a hangover from before I retired that I said at the time I would not um, abandon any client I had. And that trial has been put off from 2019 to later this year, 2022, and relates to an incident that took place in 2018. So that's four years. And that's ridiculous for defendants and for witnesses and victims, isn't it? it, it, it it's, it's absurd. I mean, in November, the Under Secretary of State for Justice told the House of Commons that the spending review, which provided £477 million for criminal justice, would enable the Crown Court backlog to be reduced to 53,000 by 2025. Even the Lord Chief Justice conceded a few days later that was not much. It's very little progress, and 53,000 strikes me as still being a lamentably low objective. The committee also said that the situation is exacerbated by the department's inability to recruit enough judges to deliver on its ambition to reduce the crime court backlog. To meet the increased number of court sitting days required to achieve even the government's unambitious reduction requires a significant increase in the number of judges 
and the Justice Department's plan does not seem credible. It speaks of successfully recruiting 78 full-time salaried circuit judges, despite filling only 52 of 63 positions the last time it recruited. Such shortfalls mean deploying more criminal barristers and solicitors as recorders and part-time judges, but that creates another shortage in that there are then fewer members of the legal profession to prosecute and defend cases. In October 2019, the government announced it would recruit 20,000 additional police officers by 2023, which the department expects will lead to a significant increase in cases entering the courts with a proportionate increase in custodial sentences. Again, the committee was unconvinced that the prison system would be able to cope. In the middle of last year, the department reported that by the end of 2023, there would be a gap of 4,000 prison places, even when it had factored in 18,000 additional places as part of its current prison building programme. The department's plans allow for no contingency and resilience that might be needed if, for instance, police recruitment leads to more cases entering the courts than expected, or there are delays in its prison building programme. The government has previously underdelivered on its promises to create new prison places and on the staggering backlog of maintenance work required to keep existing prisons fit for purpose. Sustained progress in the area of reducing reoffending will be a vital part of the equation if the prison system is going to cope. Vulnerable court users and those from ethnic minority backgrounds are also potentially impacted disproportionately by efforts to tackle the Crown Court backlog, which the Justice Department and Her Majesty's Court Service have not done enough to understand. A third of people requesting reasonable adjustments felt their requests were denied. There is insufficient data on ethnicity for the department to assess its recovery plans or the pandemic's impact on different groups. Voices of protest will grow louder. There has been underinvestment. Court centres have been closed. And of those that remain, courts remain empty on some days of the week because the government is not operating them. The criminal bar is already on course to take strike action. In the meantime, victims of crime do not obtain justice because their cases do not come on for one, two or three years. Cases are dropped because the aggrieved have given up, or cases cannot be proved, because after so long, memories fade and evidence cannot be trusted. Thank you for listening to Bain's Law. Listen out for future podcasts, where we will continue to discuss issues of interest to the legal community. If there is a professional perspective that you would like to share, Get in touch via our website at www.barrybaines.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Baines Law. We look forward to presenting to you again very soon on Baines Law.